We don't do that here. But the into it ultimate fucking casual that's me i'm leo i am the ultimate casual i'm joined by my buddies chief and nathan we are going to talk a whole lot of mma because there is a lot going on in the coming weeks and in the past weeks um let's see since we last convened uh we had a fight night card on the 15th of april which was uh that was headlined by uh, max holloway versus arnold allen uh, we had a bunch of other stuff happen or coming up. Uh, we have what is it? UFC 288, 288, yeah. and uh, yeah, bunch of other things um, that happened in the combat sports world. Uh, Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis was last night, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's start with a real quick note: uh, the young Japanese phenom Tenshin Nasukawa made his professional boxing debut uh, he won a six rounder and uh, like the kid is fucking agile as shit he's super fast uh, I, I was saying it the night that his he was fighting that this is gonna go one of two ways uh, people are either going to like really ride hard for him because of how like explosive and dynamic and versatile he is, or they're just gonna shit on him really hard, saying he got beat by old man Mayweather. You guys see this going any other way than those two? Um, yeah. When so when these crossover events and fires happen, I mean the the big the big one we've got to go on really that's happened is McGregor Mayweather, right? Um, the, these guys tend they tend to look a bit different. Yeah, but they're for sure. real athlete. Yeah, they, they sort of have a look. Like we were talking about the other week with uh, Game Aldo. Bread. No, the uh, Aldo um, Jeremy Stevens fight. Yeah. yeah, they they were both MMA guys who made their boxing debuts, and it was a great fight, and they looked like they belonged there. But typically, the guys look a bit off. But these are elite level athletes, normally, and they seem to adjust. I think adjusting to the format is a big thing um, I don't think it's three minute rounds in kickboxing where he's undefeated I'm not sure the format is entirely but yeah McGregor obviously gassing inside the distance it is a big one but that could have just been him anyway but I was I was happy to see extremely happy to see tension did well I mean I don't know the caliber of his opponent I'm guessing he was Paul but yeah he's alright 18 yeah, fight veterans, so there's that, I guess. I mean, so it's never going to be, you know, you're never going to be fighting Jake Paul first, are you? You know, I mean, that'd be... <laughs> but, yeah, good for tension. I think it's good for MMA as a whole because I think we kind of include Muay Thai and kickboxing guys under the MMA banner. Probably. Think, you know, they sort of... It feels, feels that way anyway, that, like, we ride for them and they ride for us type thing. Um, so, yeah, good to see. Nathan, anything yeah, on tension? Oh, I just agree that, uh, you know, he, he did look pretty good. He didn't look uncomfortable at all in the ring, which is something you, like, 
Chief was saying, you kind of expect from an MMA crossover, but um, I don't know, I feel like going from kickboxing to boxing, there's so many similarities that transitions a lot easier than a pure MMA guy or like karate or you know Muay Thai or something like that. Maybe it, something clicks in your head a little bit better when you uh, just focus on pure boxing, but you know, he looked good, and I thought, you know, I didn't think there would be a whole lot of people dunking on him because really the people who are in his corner are all the MMA guys who want to see him succeed in boxing and, you know, primarily the you know, Japanese fan base that, you know, supports him. They always seem to be pretty positive toward their guys. And um, I know this is way too early to even consider, but if he ends up stepping up and gets on a good number of winning wins and gets ranked him versus Inoue in Japan would Super be fight. maybe the biggest it would be the biggest uh, fight between two Japanese boxers ever if that ever came about so yeah. I'm I'm rooting for that to happen but we'll see how, uh, how he progresses from here so I, I'm just I've just done a quick googling and it seems that the events are, t are three two-minute rounds. Um, for a kickboxing? Yeah, so it's, uh, I've, I've looked at this promotion in general because I think... Oh, sorry. So Rise have adopted the K1 rule set. So I'm guessing this applies for K1 as well. Three two-minute rounds hmm. are, uh, is what it looks like. Um, yes. You could see like in his the way his tensions movement really dynamic like I had already said um, but like the same thing happened with McGregor when he fought Mayweather like they the way that he positions himself you could tell that he is like his instinct is setting he's trying to set himself up for like a knee or a kick or something it's not he's not just setting up punches but like he'll, he'll back a lot yeah yeah and McGregor gassed after what would have been five by five so uh, round, I, I want to say he started gassing properly heavily around round eight, right? Yeah, it so, was. Yeah, that'd be twenty-four minutes. Yeah, that'd be back on five rounds. Yeah, he so he t he gassed after his five by five. So, but regardless, that was a long time ago. Let's get into our recaps for something that was more recent. Uh, the Max Holloway card. Let's go bottom up on this one. Uh, Clay Guida got a decision over Rafa Garcia at lightweight. Anything anything noteworthy here? Clay Guida, it feels like he's been around for just forever. He's a, he's one of the old school veteran UFC guys. Um, I must admit, I, I can't say that I've ever been a big Clay Guida fan, but to see him still going at whatever age he is now, after all the punishment he's taken, fair play to that guy, man. So, <laughs> blessings for him, I guess. Did he ever get to the numbered events level, or is he has he always been a he'd sort of fight night kind of guy? He'd have fought, he'd have fought on some numbered event cards, I believe. Yeah, it's especially in the early days um, when there wasn't that much elite talent around. He fought on UFC two two twenty five. That was in twenty eighteen. Fucking that looks like really? his last numbered. No, he was on two thirty seven. Actually, he fought. He actually beat BJ Penn on that card, so that was a big win for him. Well, big. <laughs> we know. Uh... BJ was big, yeah. But I was gonna say, like that name sounded familiar. I mean, B BJ was 
he was the first guy to go for uh, double champ status, right, wasn't he? If you remember, he was the lightweight champion at the time, and he went up and he fought uh, GSP at um, welterweight. Tried to get his belt as well. Nice. Dare to be great, as the adage mm. goes. Mm. Uh, moving up, Pedro Munoz, ranked 9, gets the UD over Chris Gutierrez. Um, Chief, please explain yourself here. Like, what... What were you thinking when you picked them? So, me? This one? Yeah. Or did you just pick it to be different? Well... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, I think I think the worst there was an element... No, I, I just got this completely wrong, guys. I'm a dunce. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we haven't been keeping up with a Doja dunce cap. It's been, it's been lacking. The only one, it was, uh, what, Grasso? Is she the only one that ever got it? We may have a dunce uh, cap coming up for uh, the one fight card, but we'll save that for later. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think these two, um, the Guida and Munoz wins, I missed, I wasn't at my TV for these. I came in at uh, Kudalaba. You boys both came in late, didn't you? Yeah, so we you, did. Uh... Yeah. But uh, you both picked uh, Kudalaba to win, and he got the stoppage in one. Um, from what, just from what I saw, it looked like Bozer just—I don't know—he didn't seem to have an, a whole lot of answers to the problems that Kudalaba was posing. Where do they? Where do they go from here? Where does Kudalaba go from here? As far as like the light heavyweight landscape goes. Uh, I'm going to assume me and Nathan agree on this, so yeah. I'll just ask you a question, Nathan. This, this guy has been sort of a gatekeeper to the top five, I'd say, for a long time at light heavy. Mm -hmm. I, d I don't think he's ever going to be champion, to be honest. No. If anything, like, I think the most impactful thing he might have is being uh, Pereira's first victim at light heavy. I mean, that's sort of the position he's in, right? If, Welcome to light heavy. You know, yeah, yeah. He he's yeah. like the well-ish known. He's well known enough to where you could feed a newcomer that's like just way Ooh. way better too, and get a highlight reel finish out of. Jesus, he's he's only twenty nine. Wow. It feels like he's been around for. I mean, I'm talking him down. Maybe Joe Walk. Maybe he can become champ. He's still young. <laughs> Take the glory but... to share a route. <laughs> yeah. Fight exactly. everyone else before you. Uh... He's he's got a loss to Glover. Uh, Glover has beaten everyone though over the years, to be fair. But he's he's lost to some of the, the sort of the conventional current big names like Johnny Walker. Um, Ankle I have did him pretty dirty, and there twice back in yeah, twice. Yeah, he beat Khalil Roundtree. That's probably, I'd say that's probably his best win. And on his record at light heavyweight is Khalil Roundtree. Khalil's a, a big guy and a good striker. He's a good kickboxer, so to, he's a good notch to have on your belt. As far as uh, Tanner Bozer, is he looking... This is already like at the bottom of a fight night card. Is he get, does he get relegated? Is there anywhere lower he can be relegated within the UFC, <laughs> not just being kicked out and sent to Bellator or whatever? 
uh, he, he's he's won 20 fights in his career and he's lost 10. Yikes. I mean... That's well, hard. You say yeah. yikes, but that's actually like... That's that's actually above <laughs> average for MMA. I Is mean, it? Yeah. For a 31 fight career and you're 20 and 10, that's like solid veteran status. Like you're huh. not champ, you're not great or anything, but I mean that's a that's a long career and being able to stick around that long is noteworthy. Yeah, two to one ratio, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I'm used to like the 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 boxing standard, where the fewer defeats, the better. Well, the the that's the whole thing in boxing. It prevents big fights because people are well, not even big fights. It it prevents less than super fights because boxers are scared of losing that over because you know there's a, there's a perception that once you lose once you lose your first fight all your fans disappear you're not a big name you can't draw money anymore which yep. just isn't the truth in my opinion at all i don't think it is I either i don't know why maybe it's a promoter it's a self self-affirming prophecy where like the promoters and networks and stuff say, "Oh, if you lose, then you're go you drop off the map. Everyone's <laughs> going to abandon you." Then they lose, and every like the fans are like, "Well, the promoter said we should abandon him." So then they do. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. The the Mayweather Pacquiao era was. It's hard shedding those stigmas. Do you remember the uh, articles that had come out, and it'd be like newest roadblock in May Mayweather Pacquiao oh talks yes. blood oh testing and stuff like that it's like every six months there was something different it was so stupid uh, let's, uh, let's... real quick uh, fingers crossed I do think that we'll get to it later but the Tank Ryan fight might help change that because yeah. like Ryan just lost but he's clearly not any worse for wear and he's going to move up to 140 and he's probably going to have a lot of successful you know, fights and pay-per-views there. Yeah, for sure. He'd be a so. champ. He'd be a champ for sure at one four. Well, yeah, yeah we'll, would... we'll get to take well, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little uh, later. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it at the end. I, I had it. I wanted to have you guys kind of chomping at the bit, wanting to get some <laughs> get some points out on it. All right, Azmat Murzakhanov. He's ranked 15th. Uh, Chief, this is your pick. UD over Dustin Jacoby. I remember this being pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think I picked again, like <laughs> me picking Pedro, uh, picking Gutierrez. This might have been a, a lucky one in the opposite direction. Um, yeah, it was it was a good scrap, wasn't it? There was yeah. a lot of uh, punishment chips, a lot of punishment taken as well. I was surprised it went the distance. Has a uh, Kudalaba fight fought either of these guys? Uh, Since he's like good... sitting just outside of the fifteenth. Uh, so does, does Morzakhanov does he take rank thirteen or does he move to fourteen or something or how does how does the ranking work and fourteen moves uh, up to thirteen? So do you want to you want to talk about like how the ranking works in general because it's a bit stupid. Uh, the uh, the rankings are decided by uh, the UFC essentially and they decide whether you move up or down. But then you've got like the pound for pound rankings and other sort of rankings are decided on by the MMA media. Which yeah. Is is kind of odd. Um, but yeah, the the UFC hold the all the keys essentially, and you can beat a guy who's ahead of you and not take his spot. Sometimes people just move up by one. 
That's, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah that's part of the UFC's whole uh, kind of dictatorship over the sport, or at least over their organization. Is like fighters have no say. It's like they've got a committee of people that decides it and what they say goes. Yeah. That's not. It's not very fun. So they're like the upward mobility for these two, or at least for Morzakhanov is like slim. He's not gonna. Is he? Well, Ryan Spam lost recently, didn't he? Ooh, uh, the new rankings actually came out. He's moved up to eleventh now. Wow. He got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes sense because Roundtree lost recently. Crew uh, Reyes lost recently. So it's a, that sort of makes sense. But. It's the dead division that light heavyweight, especially now uh, John's gone as well. Pereira yeah. is just gonna Clean house. reign over that division for as long as he wants to. Really, he's so much better than everyone else, though. Or at least until Yuri comes back, because he's. I think he and Uncle Ivor have give him real problems. He's been out a long time now, Yuri, hasn't he? It feels like it's ages since we've seen him fight. I think I just, it's only been like six or seven months, or actually, maybe it's six, it's six months into his injury or something like that. I just hope that injury isn't more severe than it seems, than, than they've said, at least. Let's move. This is, okay, next one, Edson Barbosa. You both talked this one up. Obviously, this was both of your pick for the win. KO1 over Billy uh, Carantillo. Edson Barbosa, holy shit balls! Like if, if, if <laughs> reminiscent, I would say like that sort of dynamic movement, versatility, explosiveness. Like it, it looked like the way that tension Nasukawa styled on his boxing opponent. That's what it looked like for me with uh, Edson Barbosa. That was that was a really fun. Just, like he's like Eddie Gordo from Tekken or something. <laughs> that is a good comparison. He's like a sort of Street Fighter-esque guy. Yeah, um, a lot of flavor, was, a lot of style in in the way that he moves around and stuff. I would say this isn't even his best division, I think, either. He, he's fought, he fought a lot of his career at lightweight, and um, I, th I, think the, I think the best of him was at lightweight. I don't know what they think, but I think we saw the best of him there. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I think him... The fact that he's moving down as well, that's something that's pretty rare in like any combat sport. Typically as you get older you move up a division, make it easier on your body, and he's uh he's moved down, he still looks jacked. He looks yeah. like an action figure. <laughs> he really does. Somebody dying? Yeah, sorry, that's my <laughs> wife coughing. That's no, alright. Yeah, that's fine. Um I thought I thought maybe um senior MMA correspondent Brock. He's, he's just been on me. He was on me for the start of the pod and maybe the first five minutes. And he's, I know why he's gone now. It's because my wife's here. Oh, he, he's yeah, in you love with her. That. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. that before. Oh, man. So coming up, uh, this is Barbosa. He came into this ranked 14. How? What are we What are we looking at as far as upward pro uh, progression? Because uh, Holloway's two, Allen was four. So there's obviously a big gap between them as far like there's 10 ranks between them so who really stands in the way of Barbosa getting into that single digit top five sort of area uh, I'm just gonna have a so 
I mean, uh, look, this is like, this is the most stacked division in the sport. In more my than opinion. Bantam? And, uh, well, it's well, close. It's, it's close. They're both real, real good. Okay. Um, but. Are you looking at the rankings, are there, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, um, it's, <laughs> well, I guess Bulk is leaving soon, so maybe it's getting less stacked. But, you know, Yair Rodriguez, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, that's your top three right there. Yikes. Or top four, I guess, including champion. And you've got guys like Bryce Mitchell and uh, at 11 and Ilya Teporia at 9. Uh, Korean Zombie's still there at 6. You know, Chicago's <laughs> as well. He's decent. Korean Zombie's cool. That's a cool name. Le what Leo Isn't was that the coolest about? nickname ever? It is. Go on. Go on, what's the, what's the cool Co the Korean, oh, zombie. Korean Zombie. That's a Korean really cool zombie. name. Yep. Uh, Leo, you were saying like who stands in between, who stands in Barbosa's way to get to like Holloway or something. I'm looking at the rankings now. Uh, like, uh, like Nathan just said, Bryce Mitchell with his jiu-jitsu, even though he's lost recently. But I think Barbosa's a black belt in BJJ, so maybe you might even give the upper hand to Barbosa there. Uh, I think Barbosa beats Tukuria. I think Calvin Qatar's a good fight. That'll be close, and Arnold Allen as well. So I think, I think realistically, um, Barbosa could get to like four or five, maybe. It'd be pretty easy. He certainly has. He he has the puncher's chance against anyone. Mm -hmm. Like 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 the puncher's chance. Like he will seriously put you out. But uh, I mean, there is just the question of. Of age, like you yeah, know, some, yeah. I know some guys are more ageless than others, but it's like this is a sport you really do age overnight, and so it's I feel like it's a fight by fight basis with him, especially the lower weights as well. You know, you tend to find guys peak at sort of thirty-ish in the lower weight classes, and by thirty-four or something, yeah, they're pretty much done. Good yep. example would be uh, T.J. Dillashaw. I think he's thirty-five now, and you know he's got injuries that he can't get over and he's probably finished oh, it's... same age cliff with boxing at, at the lower weights specifically like yeah, once they get to about 30, 31 it, uh, your time is very short but we the high weight classes it, it doesn't seem to be as much of a problem does it the high weight classes you can be like especially a heavyweight in boxing you can be 36 or something and become world champ you, yeah, or you, like Luis Ortiz is in his mid forties. He's in his mid four hundreds. You know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, all right. So as we talked about Barbosa, we alluded to the main event. Max Holloway came in rank two. You both picked him to win over Arnold Allen, rank four. Um, entertaining fight. Um, like we were talking through this one live, and it was. It I thought it was pretty cool that our. Uh, our viewing was pretty synced. We were like within two or three seconds of each other. So that's yeah, pretty fun. That's but yeah, Arnold Allen, um, it seems like he was better than people were giving him credit for because that was a pretty good performance. Um, obviously, like Max Holloway, that what, what we were, what, I, what was, what stood out most to me was how fluid he was going from right hand to left hand and the way that he's like, how he switched his stances and how he incorporated that into his movement around Arnold Allen to get him into position. I thought it was pretty cool. 
what stood out, Nathan? Um, let's try and build up Max Holloway's win here. What did you see in Arnold Allen that impressed you? Uh, just his willingness to uh, to really try and push the pace against Holloway. I mean, I feel like when you have someone as skilled as Max, it's easy to kind of just fall into just a a lull of like I can't I can't figure this guy out. I can't beat him. I'm getting pieced apart, and you kind of just start shelling up. But he really, you know, to his credit, tried to win. He really tried to win that fight. He really tried to put himself on the line. And I think even though he got knocked down the last couple of seconds, he did show he did have a pretty good chin. He ate a lot of really good shots from Holloway, and he you know returned with pretty hard shots of his own. That and kick I to think... the body, that just reminded mm-hmm. me. Holy shit, that was nasty. And I don't know he's it was kind of like a a victory and defeat for him because yeah. he's he was sort of an unknown as far as like how how elite really is this guy, and I feel like you know he really proved that he could tangle with these top guys and he is a real contender like should he find himself in a fight against Yair coming up or a fight for the belt you know I think that you have to really give him a shot after that uh, I think he beats Ortega I'm looking at the rankings now uh, I think he this is that was the sort of performance where he could move up a ranking after it even though he lost but I think he beats he can beat Ortega for sure and I think He's probably him versus Yaya would be an insane fight, just purely from the striking aspect. But um, he, I think he sort of tried to dictate the fight as much as possible. He was come forward pretty much all night, and it was the victory was sort of Matt's reading what Arnold was doing yeah. and then countering when Arnold came in with like some fire, and like like you say, Leo, that body kick was hilarious and. He landed it a good few times. Yeah, he did. Um, something that I noticed with Arnold Allen was it seemed to me that he was re- like you guys were saying he was trying to like dictate the pace, trying to he was initiating a lot more, but then he would kind of he would initiate and then sort of lull back a little bit and then kind of hope for Holloway to make a move on him, like he would take a like half steps back, wanting Holloway to come forward. So, because he seemed to have, uh, I want to say his left hand, he was fighting Southie, and he seemed to have that cocked, and he tried to let it go. Anytime Max stepped in, he tried to hit him with the counter. It was, the like, the plan was there, but uh, it seems like Max was a bit too smart for that. It's um, typically, I know that might have been your first Max Holloway fight, but typically... Max will come for, Max beats people with his cardio and his relentless pressure because he's got an amazing chin. He's a great boxer. He, he doesn't have KO power, but he can throw shots all night and not become fatigued. Yeah. So his game plan is usually just walk forward and swarm guys until they break. And we saw a different side to Max this fight. He he fought on the back foot. He he made reads and adjustments. Yep. He and did. Arnold just didn't have that sort of fight IQ on him. It seemed like whatever his coaches told him, he'd do that and then nothing else. He yeah. Whatever the plan was, the whatever the plan was, that's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing. I can't yeah. think. I can't change on the fly. Yeah, that's what lost him the fight. I'd say. I mean, I never thought he could win anyway, but yeah. 
Nathan, you mentioned was it is it Max Holloway that was coming off like a three fight string with the same person? Yeah, Volkanovski. Okay. So this is one of those times that, like you had were saying before, that because Holloway was on a string, like they kind of uh, pigeonhole themselves into fight like this countering the style of one person. But like we were just talking about, like that versatility. Uh, I, speak to Max's performance. Like, what what did you see that you liked? Uh, did you see any maybe flaws or something that he can work on as he starts looking towards uh, getting a fight with the champion or Yair? I'm gonna assume. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's difficult to really criticize because there's not a lot to like really pick apart i mean he, he did take some shots he probably should know but i i think i credit that more to him facing a, a live body than him making a technical error but everything that holloway's sort of known for is was really coming through in this fight just his versatility and his ability to adjust and just kind of the uh him just showing there's diff there's just levels to this striking game like there's not like he, he's just sits on a different echelon than most guys yeah. and so it's you know i think going forward he's still i mean he probably will be champ again especially it seems like volk is destined for uh moving up for yeah yeah higher wire weight divisions moving up to 155 full time i think as soon as i think you know if, if assuming volk beats Yair and moves on, I mean, it's going to be Yair versus Holloway for the interim belt, I imagine. And I think I would favor Holloway in that fight. Said. Nice. Alright, that's going to wrap it up for the Fight Night card on the 15th. Um, real quick, on Friday, uh, one Fight Night number 9 in uh, Bangkok. Holy holy balls. I, um, I we, we posted in our, chat, our group chat the uh, the knockout like the highlight clip but i saw the whole thing and like the somebody came into discord and was talking about nong oh like his reputation as i came into watching the the, the whole fight his nongo's reputation preceded him and you can tell that this dude was a big deal and uh for the first few minutes he was a big deal and then holy <laughs> shit Haggerty caught him clean and did not let off the gas. That was super fun. Very cool fight. Very cool knockout. Did you guys see more than the highlight? Yeah. Uh, I, well, I kind of just saw the leading sequence up to it, but um, just, <laughs> just reading that a, uh, a a Muay Thai champion lost in, in a Thailand. Thai Muay Thai <laughs> champion in Thailand. Because <laughs> Muay Thai is still a very regional sport, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, this is sort of like a, I don't know, a Mexican champion in boxing. You know, back in you know, the, the '80s or '90s. You know, losing a hometown fight in Mexico City, kind of thing. That's what it's. That's what it feels like. Yeah. In a way. Very big deal. Um, to rank four, Haggerty. <laughs> yeah, and there was a there was a person in the. Uh, in the general chat that was tipped us off to this. Apparently Haggerty's missed weight several times and he's, you know, it, it was kind of questionable how long he's going to be around this division. And then he goes and all of a sudden he's a champ. 
Yeah. They mentioned that on the broadcast that like he's he's bigger for the division. So for him to have made it clean like made the weight clean and he looked apparently he looked really good for how he usually looks. So uh, credit big credit to Jonathan Haggerty. Uh, he's taken the Muay Thai championship back to England. Um Let's see. We had two fights on Bellator 295 that we wanted to talk about. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi versus Ray Borg. Borg missed weight. I read up on Lol. this one. Huh? <laughs> Lol. Oh, okay. I thought you said Again. wrong. <laughs> yeah, he missed weight four times in the UFC, and they cut him before he could, like, it was released that he was going to miss weight for a fifth time. And uh, so Bellator picks him up. This is his first fight for Bellator. He no, fucking misses. He misses fucking weight <laughs> on his fir- like his Bellator fucking debut. Misses weight and they cut him immediately. Within like within minutes of him uh, withdrawing from the fight for uh, weight management issues, they uh, his uh, his management, the promotion, everybody cut him. Ray Borg. I, I think- I think I think we spoke about this last time, but um, j- when the dolly got thrown at the bus by McGregor, uh, when he was after Khabib, Borg was on the bus, and his fight was canned because apparently some glass had scratched his uh, retina. But the thing is, that always troubled me was that Borg was wearing glasses, and he didn't seem to be agitated when they showed the footage uh, on the like the UFC embedded. So part of me just thinks maybe he fakes that to get out of the fight, but weight management issues. I don't know what it is with him, but he just doesn't want to fight. Like, yeah, his heart's not in it. Not at all. Well, maybe he wants to fight, but maybe his love for like the Big Mac is just more (laughs) Johnny Hendricks style. Can you can you blame him? This uh, this episode is sponsored by. Just kidding, it's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's get to Aaron Pico versus uh, James Gonzalez. I had the name wrong apparently, uh, but nonetheless, Aaron Pico, when he came out, that that was a that was a great performance. Um, I I kind of like uh, skimmed it. I didn't watch the whole thing because it was pretty one sided. Like Aaron Pico was caving in Gonzalez's ribs. It, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, yeah he's 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 a he as as we were saying last time he's uh, before his losses he was tipped as like the next wonder kid and they thought he was going to dominate the sport, uh, but I think now he's t- he's learned a couple of lessons and he's come back. He uh, he really just beats guys in there with like pure just skill advantage. I mean striking is so clean. Yeah. So clean. Um, he's going to be champ. He, is he already champ? Actually, I'm saying that. He, uh, he was not. So he's ranked. He's ranked third right now. He'll he'll but, he'll win the belt, I think. Does he have the goods to move back up to UFC? And he was he was never in the UFC. Oh, to, okay. Excuse me. To no, to, to move Bell, into Bell the Bell UFC at all. But yeah, but even back. Then, like, even though he wasn't in the UFC, he was still super hyped. Like, everybody oh, okay. thought he was the next best thing, and Bellator just managed to pick him up. I think they probably probably offered him a fat contract. 
how does he have a chance against uh, let's say Edson Barbosa? Ooh, that's a striker's striking fan's dream, I think. Oh. I think Barbosa oh. wins, but I'm a bit of a Barbosa dick rider, so. <laughs> Maybe, you know, say that Yeah, that's a terrifying fight. Someone's getting put to sleep in that fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, let's move on to yesterday's UFC fight night. We'll go for this was the uh, Pavlovich Blades card. We'll start at the bottom with. Um... Oh, right. Uh, Chief, you picked Pico. Uh, so that we'll, uh, we'll tally the points. Didn't we, both, didn't we both pick Pico, surely? No, I picked James Gonzalez or whoever was listed before just to be different. Yeah, but, uh, I, I remember yeah. that. It was, it was just pick. He, Nathan picked the other guy just just for the sake of fun. I uh, was banking on Borg to uh, cover for my loss. But yeah. <laughs> I think you should get See, a I negative knew. point for that. I knew he was going to miss it. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeremiah Wells gets the split decision over Matthew uh, Semmelsberger. That that was an entertaining fight. I thought uh, Jeremiah Wells he looked a bit. He came out a bit like overly aggressive, and it kind of detracted. He smothered his own work and wasn't able to really do as well as he could have in the opening round if he had a uh, maintained a little bit more composure. But he really opened up well. Uh, once he toned it down a bit, and I thought he, I thought he won, uh, a good fight. That's pretty exciting. Uh, we didn't have picks on these, so that's uh, all right. Uh, I think I, I had, I had completely forgotten that they were on there, uh, and one of the fights got moved down. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, Yasmin Lucindo, UD over Brogan Walker. Uh, Yasmin, very good boxing, um, very good kicking. Brogan Walker is not very good. And Bobby Green, no contest over Jared Gordon. Did you guys see this? I'm, I'm just watching the headbutt now. Yeah. That is so blatant. Fucking hell. He definitely meant to do that. Right. He led with his head. He kept saying he was going for an elbow. The commentary tried to make it seem like he was going leading with a punch, but he led with his head. That was bullshit. Uh, Chief, where did you see the replay for that? Do you want to see it? Uh, I, I've seen it, so I saw it live, but I did not see it. Uh, so I was watch, I, I was watching on the replay on ESPN Plus, and right when the headbutt happens, the, the stream freezes. And so I go over to like uh, the MMA subreddit for the clip, and that clip's been taken down. So I don't know if there's a little uh, Bobby Green yeah, uh, cover uh... going on here, but <laughs> I saw it on uh, ESPN Plus. Oh, it did, I don't know. I guess it didn't work for me. Why are they trying but... to cover? Oh my uh, god! Yeah, that that, that is was, bad. That's really bad. Yeah, that is really really bad. <laughs> and it's also it's the worst outcome for both of these guys because they're both coming off losses and they're both like older, like really kind of long time vets, and so it's like. They're kind of fighting to stay on the promotion. And uh, so this was like the worst possible scenario was the no yeah. contest. Yeah. They might the get UFC a... would have been super pissed with Bobby Green. Yeah. He'd probably get cut, I imagine. Yeah. If he had been DQ'd. Which, yeah. which he should have been. Wait, you, well, he technically... Well, I guess the no contest isn't a disqualification, yeah. but... Yeah, they're going to... I think they were saying that they're going to do it again. 
Oh god, no one needs to see that. Just cut the guy. <laughs> cool, Bobby. Uh, Alright, Bruno Silva gets the stoppage in one over Brad Tavares. This was a pretty cool fight uh, for, as, for as long as it went. Uh, Alright, so Nathan from the, from the victor's position. Did that was that an early stoppage from the ref? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think uh, I think he had his gut. If someone hits the ground like that, it's kind of you know. Right. It, it, you probably should. It's probably better to err on the side of safety. Right, and yeah. I mean the dude who's flat on his back. I mean, it's like, what's he gonna do? You know, from that, just eat more, more ground and pound shots. Chief, do you think it was so. early? No, I, I don't think it was. Early. I, th I think the ref got it spot on. He was, he was about to eat some more punishment that he didn't need to. And I know he, uh, I know he, he protested after that it was an early stoppage, but they, they all do that. No, yeah, nobody, you, you know, you none of the to. fighters ever get up. None of the fighters ever get up and say, "I'm so glad that ref stopped it." Then, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so yeah. One thing, the, uh, the whole go ahead. The, the early stop. I'm uh, sorry. The uh, the early stoppage com complaint always just feels like a safe face, especially in like MMA, yeah. where it's sort of like, you know, I could have kept going. It's just, you know, the ref just kept me from trying, you know, performing or trying to recover, and that's just seems like a cope and it's more just like a almost like the fighter telling themselves hey i've still got it i just need something to go in my favor yeah i need the I ref agree. to be in my on my team instead uh the something that they pointed out on the commentary was the shot that got that knocked tavares down like the way that he fell like it looked like he lost control of his legs and they turned to jelly and he just fell over he did he, was his face? Did he look like he was still there? Yes, but thinking about it from like that split section, split sec, second reaction as a referee, you see a guy's legs go out like that. He lands on his back. Dude gets on top and starts pounding his face. That almost sounded bad, but it was a <laughs> he, he hit a knee as well. You know, it's a hard. Yeah, spell. he hit the knee and then. He took the, sh the punch that buckled his legs. And then Silva sure. gets in position. Tavares is completely compromised. Uh, he might be able to put his hands up a little bit, but he's going to get his face beaten in. That was a good stoppage. Yeah. yeah. All right, on to the main. Ranked third, Sergei Pavlovich, hmm. KO1 over Curtis Blades. Like, chief, what is going on, man? But what are we doing yeah. here? <laughs> Not been, it's not been a good week for kicks for me. Um, but I sit and say that. <laughs> what's going on with Glades now? Because How was he, he ranked fourth? He just wasn't I there. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's lost to... Who, he's been beaten by Derek Lewis now, hasn't he, Blades? He's been beaten by... He was beaten by Ngannou. You know, I just... Is he gonna ever gonna get a title shot again? I know it's heavyweight and it's thin, but it feels like he might be destined to be like an easy defense for John Jones. Yeah, no, I I don't know. I this was bad. This was a this is a really tough loss for him. I don't know. 
if he's really ever even I don't think he's even going to achieve that easy defense because you know guys like Tom Aspinall will be coming back and I feel like there's there are some newer younger names and I feel like he's just yeah he, he's just going to get passed down to those guys and those guys are going to beat him and unfortunately I don't think he's ever going to get his title shot who folded faster Blades or uh, Cyril Gunn <laughs> Oh, Gon uh, was checked out before he even stepped into the cage. He was terrified. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, Blades... It, yeah, Blades was, like, competent for, like, a minute, maybe. Before he just... I don't know. For whatever reason, decided that he didn't really care about winning anymore. It's really unfortunate. Gon had no, like... Gon had no... Like, he couldn't defend because he didn't have the skill set. But also, I think mentally... He didn't like. He couldn't deal with the, the fact he was fighting Jones either. So, on that aspect, I'd say that Garb folded faster. Okay, let me calculate and, our points real quick. You guys keep chatting here. Okay, so one thing I wanted to mention to you, Chief, is I think I've discovered the way that they make Jones versus Pavlovich a watchable fight, <laughs> and that's that. Pavlovich is currently on a six-fight win streak where he's KO'd every single guy in the first round. But he's on a seven-fight streak of total fights that have ended by first-round KO. So he is, you know, he lost to Alistair Overeem by KO, and then he went on this this streak. So I think that's what's gonna, <laughs> that's what they're going to promote, but it's going to end up being a one-round KO for Jones. <laughs> if I'm reading, if I'm reading the. Uh, the stars correctly here. I don't know. How, how long does Jones fight? Because he's not super old, but does he have the hunger to keep going for a few years? I mean, his legacy's already set in stone, isn't it? So let's say he beats Stipe in, well, it's probably going to be like July time now, maybe International Fight Week. Mm -hmm. This is also in this scenario, just assume that he doesn't pop for any steroids or dick pills or crashes his car into a pregnant woman you know let's just assume none of that kind of john jones <laughs> stuff is going to happen right so stipe in july and then let's say he has another fight in december that might be the uh, pavlovich fight mm -hmm. let's say he fights you know you know like how many more is he going to do and is there any, there's not really a guy at heavy there's Tom Aspinall who's probably the biggest who has the biggest threat I'd say to maybe beating Jones um, but outside of that there isn't a guy at heavy I mean apart from Engano obviously who seems to have shot his life aspects in the foot by leaving the UFC and not having anything else signed elsewhere because what what's happening with him you know it's nothing it's like... yeah nothing yeah, I so. think Jones's longevity. I think it's purely going to be decided by whether or not there's any prospects of Ngannou coming back. I think he's. I mean, he's for sure in for the Stipe fight. I think he'll fight Pavlovich after that if he wins, and then I think you could give him. I mean, this is the. I don't know how they would pull this off, but I for some reason I think we'll see Derek Lewis somehow get a title <laughs> I would shot. Love that. <laughs> I'm um, such a Derek Lewis fan. I would love that. So they, they I feel like he, he'll get like one or two more fights after Stipe like that, you know, some, something crazy like that. But 
after that, I mean, like you said, I mean, maybe he fights Tom, Tom Aspinall and, you know, stops him late or wins the decision. But post that, there's like nothing here for him unless Nganu fights somewhere else, gets a win, and then comes straight back to the UFC. And it's like, I'll fight. Just give me Jones right away. And that's my condition for coming back. So we've got potentially in this magical world we've entered where Jones doesn't do any Jones type behaviour he's got three fights really Stipe, Pavlovich and let's say Derek Lewis or whoever or, or maybe he fights Tom Aspinall I think Tom Aspinall is probably the guy skill wise um, it's unfortunate that his injury happened last year because he was on a real he was on a real rocket ship towards title contention wasn't he at that point um, mm-hmm. So let's say Tom Aspinall gets a win, he beats Volkov or somebody like that, and he gets put heavyweight, it's super easy. You beat somebody who's like barely a name and you get basically get put in the top five. Um, so let's say two matches, let's say, sorry, uh, Aspinall gets up there. We've got four fights laid out here for Jones, none of which are Engano. After that, what, you know, Imagine that, like imagine, <laughs> imagine he has those four fights, he gets four wins, another four wins at heavyweight, five total, and then he just retires. I mean, is anybody ever going to come close to matching a legacy like that in the UFC ever again? Probably not. not I uh, mean, I so. well, I say that, but if Volkanovski comes back and beats Islam in a rematch, <sighs> you know, we, we maybe there's a discussion there i still think jones would have it volk would have to do more than just that but um i mean if you're the heavyweight champion you're a dominant heavyweight champion it's hard to erase that stigma of just being the man so yeah there's an aura isn't there when you're heavyweight champion of the world there's an aura because it's like i can basically be i can fuck up anybody in the world Mm, exactly all right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, get into the prediction point thing that I have listed here. Oh, okay. The points total stand right now, Nathan, 12, Chief, 10. Um, so far, we've just been doing straight winner, and that's one point each. I wanted to add winner plus method, if you want. Winner plus method plus round, if it's a stoppage. Yeah. So, to get a little uh, a little bit more jazz in this, this prediction method Ma- method maybe I like yeah routes so hard to predict yeah you don't have to just I guess if you want to um, alright so as we now that we have that laid out real quick let's get into our previews Saturday April 29th in Las Vegas it's another fight night card this is uh, Yadong Song versus Ricky Simon that was on the previous fight night card but it got moved down here uh let's see let's go from the bottom up here we got uh marcos rogerio de lima versus waldo cortez acosta this is a heavyweight fight um you chief you picked de lima and uh nathan you picked cortez acosta by knockout are these just how the way that we say refer to them in the uh in discord for boxing are, are these just two shitters Big fl- yeah. flabby guys, gonna yeah. bump some. Maybe meat. yeah, maybe they're even having their debut or something. Possible. I've never seen their names before. 
Yeah, I had to do some research on both of these guys. Um, Waldo is undefeated, but he's also like 31. Hmm. So he's not old, but he's not young either. And I've never heard of him, so. All right, Chief, do you want to add a, a method on this one? Decision, submission? Submission, God. I've no idea about his jujitsu skills, but we'll just say that was, <laughs> He's know. Brazilian, he might as well. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to go with something. Um, Julian Arosa versus uh, Fernando Padilla, a featherweight fight. This one, I didn't know was on it, so. You guys got picks for this? Do you have anything to highlight about either of these guys? Anything worth mentioning? Uh, they Both these guys were drunk. Uh, I've never seen either of them fight. And based on that, I'm going to go for Padilla by decision. Fun. So Nate. I'll go ahead and take Julian Arosa by decision. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I've, I'm doing some on-the-fly research. That was good. <laughs> there's, in the matchup I'm looking at here, Erosa's actually got an A Titan weight listed, and Padilla has nothing. So he could be like 85 for all we know. <laughs> so I'll pick Erosa just based on that. I didn't know Cubans were into MMA. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, middleweight fight. Rodolfo Vieira, uh, Nathan, you picked by submission, and Cody Brundage. Chief, you have him picked with no method. I don't know a method for this one. All right. Well,. Let's keep it moving. Caio Borallo, uh, Nathan by decision versus Mikal. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, Alexi Juk. Alexi Juk. All right, cool. I was, I was a little bit on there. Um, <laughs> this was your pick, Chief. I'm guessing that you picked him because I couldn't pronounce his name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Are these guys also like on the come up? Uh, they they're not relegated down from main event status. Yeah, so these UFC Apex fight nights, you tend to find they're sort of unranked guys that fight each other. The the UFC fight nights that are in places like uh, the on, Holloway one. Yeah, on location. Yeah, the Holloway ones at T-Mobile, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, the, these Apex ones. When you see Apex, just think the Pro opposite. Box. Just think, just, yeah, just think obtuse. Don't think Apex. Yeah. Okay. So these are like the the prospects getting their developmental yeah, ones, getting their TV yeah. time. But we do have some ranked guys here. Yadong Song ranked eighth versus Ricky Simon ranked tenth. A bantamweight fight. Um, the one of the stack divisions, as you guys told me. Uh, Chief, you have yeah. you have Song and Nathan, you have Simon. No methods, just straight picks. Uh, I'm gonna go Yudong by KO. Cool. Ricky Simon has two first names. I'm not sure why you pick him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he's got the fancy O on the Simon in his oh. last name. Oh, so shit. That, that... Simone. Yeah, Rock, Ricky Simone. Never mind. That's that's good. That's my pick too now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure method on this one, but he's he's won quite a few fights lately, and 
I think he's gonna keep keep that rolling up against uh, up against Yadong. I'm not not convinced that he's deserving of his ranking, quite fr frankly. Well, I imagine that a lot of Western Taiwanese West Taiwanese fighters get like special treatment. Uh, yeah, yeah, they probably, you know, UFC knowing them, I'm sure Dana would love to take that right. payment for a, a push up there. Get your guy, get some of, like, put some of our guys in your in your top spots, your top TV spots, and we'll start letting you promote in our country. Okay, Friday, May fifth. This is a one fight night card, number ten at the First Bank Center in Denver, Colorado. Mighty Mouse. This is Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. He's the one MMA champion versus uh, Adriano Moraes, the flyweight. This is a flyweight fight. Okay, you guys have explained it to me before, but how the fuck did Demetrius Johnson end up at one? Like, he's he's really, really good, isn't he? Yeah, so... But Ben Askren had been making a solid dance. That's what it was. Coming, coming to the uh, UFC for a while, and Demetrius was a bit... I say, I think you could say disillusioned with the UFC because they weren't giving him pay-per-view points even though he was a champion and they weren't like putting him on big fights and stuff like that. Dana continually said that he's not a draw. Um, it's because he's I think, small, I think, right? Yeah, I think Demetrius had just sort of... like He tried everything. I think he, he's a big streamer and he's into gaming his Mighty Mouse and he'd said to them... He'd said to the UFC, oh, let's do like some sort of collaboration or something like With that. Twitch? Or, you know, yeah, or, yeah, or sponsorship or something. And Dana had poo-pooed that. So I think Demetrius was in a place where, like, if an opportunity of something else came up, he'd take it. And then he lost a decision to Cejudo in their rematch, even though I thought he won the fight. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Dana had told the judges to give it to Cejudo. Yeah, so, like, if... If it was close enough to where a jobbing could kind of go under the radar, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I thought I don't know about you, Nathan, but I definitely thought my mouse won that fight. Yeah, I don't know. That was a tough one. Um, it's been a while since I've watched it. I it's remember it being fight. close. I thought I had it. I thought it was okay with the Cejudo decision, but like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if he got screwed over intentionally. Like. It's kind of one of the more disgusting things about the UFC. I think that a champion as dominant as Demetrius would get treated like that, because yeah. like you feel like they'd love nothing more in the world to see John Jones go on the kind of streak that Johnson did. You know, like lap the division multiple times and basically, you know. They... That's a good. You mentioned Jones is a really good comparison point because the way that Jones sort of layered over uh, light heavyweight and the way that um, Demetrius dominated uh, flyweight, it was very similar, right? The only difference between these two guys, really, is one's big and one's small. So, and, you know, Jones had, had multiple, you know, negative press pieces. He'd pop steroids multiple times. Cocaine. Demetrius doesn't have any of that. He's, he's, he's nothing like that. So why such the big difference in pay for a star and image you know it just uh, they, they didn't have they a problem pushing uh, Ronda Rousey 
who I would say like a female fighter would get treated would be relegated even lower than like a smaller weight class male fighter. Yep. Well, I think that there's something to be said about like what they say all pub all publicity is good publicity and so even yeah. though Jones is screwing up all the time it only builds his profile more and like there's so many people who hate watch Jones and for like legitimate yeah. reasons like I don't blame you if you want to see the guy lose whereas Johnson he's like does everything right and just wins and that's like a combination that like people or maybe yeah. I would say not people but promoters they want they want you to be the Floyd Mayweather kind of dominant where you, uh, you win and you trash talk and you you know kind of make make an ass of yourself and so Demetrius was the the quote unquote humble champion that yeah, everybody claims absolutely. to want like, oh my god that that is the biggest bullshit ever that's that's you look at data and people say oh he's built this company and everything don't get it twisted that that guy will and has fucked over anybody because it suits him and because yeah. it's advantageous he Demetrius should have been a guy that the UFC promoted like to kids yeah and, like, done ad campaigns and stuff like it's so easy to make the marketing you know sort of case for it yeah like, absolutely yeah. like here's like he's a little okay. smaller guy so you know you little you teenagers are like the same size as him but look at how fucking strong and he's a really good person so this is can be your hero that's well, really dumb it's the I'm really sad really sad that we brought this up because I remember how much I fucking hate Dana now <laughs> yeah you're I'm really starting to get why people don't like him I know he's a I've seen him like act out in media and stuff he's a douchebag I know that but Holy shit, man! This this is fucked up. This is really messed so up. Anyway, so anyway, so anyway, the Cejudo decision happened, and then I think maybe one got in touch with Mike Mars after the fight, or maybe they were in touch with him the whole time. But um, obviously, I think Mike Mars went to Dana and said like, "I want to leave," and Dana was probably very happy with that. And I think one started talking to the UFC, and Dana thought oh Ben Askren you know we could do a trade here and get Ben over and you know he's been hating on me for years so I can put him in with guys and get him beaten up basically or the other way around Askren brings a lot of eyes he's going to make us a lot of money so I, I think that's how that happened and yeah. I don't know if you think there was any other factors in that story but I think that's quite a yeah, no, it was a very convenient way for Dana to get rid of the guy. I don't know if he wanted him gone the most, but it sure, at least as far as champions go, he, he sure did. Him and Woodley, him right? Him and Woodley were like the two travels that you fucking Dana hated. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. You guys think he's going to take this to decision, or is he going to stop Moraes? <sighs> is he going to, like, German suplex him into an arm bar? Is that going <laughs> to happen again? That was the. Uh, I'm so glad that I saw that live. That was so fucking cool. Yeah, it was. I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go decision, and uh, just so a final note on it. Look how that. Tra- look how that trade has turned out. Yeah, Askren's out here losing to uh, Jake Paul, and Demetrius is still fighting at an elite level. 
Yeah. And still part of like really entertaining cards like the uh he even he's not just limited to MMA, he did that like weird hybrid the thing. The hybrid against, yes. uh, Yeah, one does that Rotten. a lot. One does that a lot, so. the hybrid stuff. And so does Ryzen, actually now that I think on it. Can you imagine if the UFC did that hybrid stuff well? Like, oh my god, imagine you, you do it where there's no wrestling or jiu-jitsu, you know, it's just kickboxing. Can you imagine, like, how Conor McGregor or Barboza would do with something like that? You can't, there's yeah. no fear of being taken down? Yeah. Oh my god. They, they, the UFC could really bring ice to the spot because I think if they did that, they, they really, you know, it's a lot of people don't like the UFC because of the, you know, quote-unquote, Gay hugging stuff. That's how they. That's what they say. Oh, yeah. Bob Arum, the top ranked yeah. chief, head head honcho, said the same thing. Like uh, homosexuals rolling around on the floor with each other, which is a really stupid thing to say. But whatever. But Bob's like, old, isn't he? He's a man of his time. He said that shit in like the nineties. <laughs> that's what's fucking <laughs> crazy. Uh, but Bob. yeah, man, the guy's a fucking clown anyway. But. Demetrius Johnson, you guys both got him picked for the win. Uh, rest in peace, Marias. We hardly knew you. <laughs> uh, famous last words. Marias is gonna get like spark, or Marias is gonna spark out Johnson now. <laughs> uh, but the next day, Saturday, May sixth, at the Prudential Center in New Jersey, we have Aljamain Sterling. Is cut. I have never seen him fight since we started doing this, so to me, he's coming back. Versus uh, Henry Cejudo at bantamweight. Uh, is this, this card stacked? Like I'm looking at the names and I don't really recognize anyone. Um, no, it's, it's solid. The, it's the, not stacked, the... but it's, it's solid, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. The Cobeds, the Cobeds, a really good fight. That's like a number two versus number three fight. Nice. A welterweight, which is a stacked cool. division, so that's a good one. Uh, is anything worth mentioning here? Like, are any of these fights worth more than mentioning by name? Uh, Outside of the main and co-main? Yeah. Probably Bryce not. Like, well, Bryce? Yeah, maybe. He's coming off a loss, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Just to worth it, he will, that's probably a showcase fight for him, so I think keep an eye on him winning that in some kind of Stoppage. Some kind of crazy fashion. Stoppage or submission or something. He's Either a jujitsu guy, isn't he, Bryce? He's got crazy. Uh... He's first guy to do the twister, right? In uh, in MMA, which was insane. All right, let's go from the bottom up real quick, just to get these out of the way. Cron Gracie, you guys both have this one picked. Nathan, you picked it by submission. Versus uh, Charles Jordan. This is a featherweight fight. Uh, Mozar Evloev is Bryce Mitchell's opponent. You both have Bryce picked without method. This is a featherweight fight. Drew Dober, Nathan by uh, KO, TKO versus Matt Frivola. This is Chiefs pick at lightweight. And Jessica Andrade, you both pick her over Xiaonan Yan at strawweight. What is strawweight? Like, how, um, what's the weight? What's the poundage? 115. 115. Yeah. All right, cool. Super flies. Uh, Gilbert Burns. 
Nathan has by decision over Bilal Muhammad, Chief. So, th this fight, by the way, has only just been made like in the last like week. Yeah, you said that so, the co-main was really short notice. Yeah, it might be one of them things where they've only just signed the contract, but they've both been in camp for a while. But, right. You know, well, it well, could be. Yeah. Burns probably never left his camp. He fought less than a month ago. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Alright. This one, Aljamain Sterling, the champion at Bantamweight. You both are picking against him. <laughs> uh, Nathan, start me off here. Why are you picking against Sterling? Um, man, I'm just a big Cejudo fan. I, I like... I like really like watching his kind of rise to the title. There's been a lot of memorable fights I've seen of him, and I'll just be honest, just more he's way more exciting than Sterling is. <laughs> Sterling, he's kind of you know, sort you know wrestler heavy sort of style. He's gonna kind of smother you, and he's got some he's got some decent striking as well, but it's just not a very appealing uh, style to watch. Andre if, Ward, if I be brutally honest. Can I interrupt you, Nathan? Is, sure. Is it, is it because Sterling won the belt by uh, his uh, Oscar-winning performance? Is that why you don't like him? Oh, well, Jan, no, I actually hate Jan more for that fight, because he threw that fight away. I don't think he Sterling did, yeah. did. I mean, people say Sterling acted that. I, I don't I know think how much I'd buy that. I mean, he got, he got kneed in the head when he was prone. I mean, that still had to hurt a ton. So, um... You know, I'm more pissed at Yawn for for throwing that performance away. But um, I think, you know, ultimately, I just I would love to see Cejudo just come right back out and win win the belt one in one go. I know people I think... find his style very cringe and annoying, but or his his talk rather. But um, I would I would love to see it happen. Yeah, I. Um... I think Cejudo's got more tools. He's more well-rounded. Um, Sterling has good wrestling, yes. His striking's okay. Um, Cejudo, obviously, he's an Olympic med Olympic gold medalist. I mean, he literally wears the medal everywhere he goes. Um, he's, his wrestling is amazing, and I think his striking has gone on another level. That was the difference between his first fight with uh, Mighty Mouse and his second, is that his striking had come on just leaps and bounds. Um, I, I can't really see anything other than a decision happening here between these two and like I say I think Cejudo is just the more elite martial artist Cejudo by decision alright Aljamain Sterling your reign is coming to an end so saith <laughs> the ultimate fucking casuals uh, I think that's it for our previews. We got a lot of cards coming up in May, and a little we looked ahead. I got a little look ahead into June. We got some cards lining up, including UFC 289. So uh, keep that on your calendars. But our outro here: Tank versus Ryan. This was a 136 catchweight. Um, this was a stoppage in seven. Tank wins by KO in seven. Would anyone like to begin with a eulogy for the king? I, th I think 
I think Leah, you should start. How, what did What did you think about it? How do you, How do you think about it? Okay. Um. So. In Discord, uh, we make rolls that are different colors for like big fights. You know, kind of like a pick your team kind of thing. I picked Ryan Garcia. Um, one of the few. It's important. It was only like six people. There weren't very many. <laughs> But it's important for me to qualify that. It's not because I thought Ryan was going to win, because I didn't think he was. I made that shit clear for, like, you could go listen to some B sides talk. That's I made it clear. We were not. I was not. Me and RGF. We were not expecting him to win. But it seemed to me that win, Ryan winning would be better for 135 as a whole. So I wanted him to win to open up more options. Make tanks seem a little bit more human thus you know the likes of Devin Haney who can't punch his way out of a wet napkin he'd be willing to fight tank maybe but whatever um tank he showed a lot of people I, I noticed a lot of people finally waking up to the fact that he's not just a dynamite KO artist it's not just that he lands a shot to save himself like the dude is a very very smart fighter very smart boxer how he sets up his left hand it yes it's extremely powerful and knocks people out but the way that he sets it up is unbelievable the dude fights on the back foot a lot typically because he's smaller and that worked perfectly to his advantage uh, Ryan overcommitted on for his left hook a lot and he paid for it uh, I hope Ryan comes back um, I think he can still do good things. Uh, he'll still be a big name. A uh, lot of lot of big names have lost fights and continue to be big names like De La Hoya, uh, Pacquiao, uh, Miguel Cotto. A lot of boxers have lost and gone on to do continue doing great Canelo. things. Canelo, for sure, Canelo. So yeah, I, uh, I think he'll be champ again. I think he'll be champ, Ryan. At one forty for sure. Yep. Yeah, definitely. He becomes Chubb there. Um, Him versus Teofimo like is fun. Yeah, it is. Well, depending on what state Teofimo is in. Um, I'd, lo I'd love to see Ryan against Josh Taylor, to be honest, at 140. I think fucking Ryan smokes him as well. I think that's the most likely scenario if Ryan gets a couple wins. Probably only needs one or two fights at 140 before taking that, I think. Yeah. Versus who? Uh, Brian and uh, Taylor. Oh, Josh Taylor. Yeah, that would be really fun. Uh, I mean, I... some of the some of the belts vacant now after the uh, Taylor was stripped. Yeah. A few of them. So. Yeah, they've been scattered to the winds. So there's a lot which... of options for him. I think he kept the Maybe. WBO, which being Maybe with top Ryan... rank can fight for one of them. Maybe, you know, he can go in straight into a title fight against, like, a double contender or something. WBC would do that. That that looks, that sounds like a very WBC move to me. <laughs> because I... they've got they get a guy like Ryan as champ, you know, being the face of that division. WBC would love that. Let's see. At IBF, we have uh, Ponce just won. Or not, Ponce just got beaten by uh, Subriel Matias. WBO is Josh Taylor. 
WBA is uh, Rolly Romero is fighting someone else because oh, yeah. Pueyo popped yes. for uh, PEDs. Oh, Ryan versus Rolly. Rolly, let's go. That would be fucking Rolly's gonna fun. Be chum. Yeah. Rolly's going to be chum. I don't the know. Face is I don't remember who the WBC is right off the top of my head. But, yeah. So the division's wide open. Um, somebody... On the next Josh Taylor fight, it's somebody on his Pro Gray, that's right. I was there. How the fuck did I forget that? I saw that happen live. That was really fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I, just... <laughs> I got, uh, got nothing. Uh, still, it's the division's open. Ryan, like it. This is Ryan's. Ryan's here for the pickings, pretty much. Like he'll be the he'll be the big name here. Um, I know that Teofimo is going to talk a lot of shit because that's what he does. Um, Progray would I? I bet you that Progray would be one of the first that would be willing to take him because that's a big payday for Progray. Yeah, he's been dying for one of them. I I'm looking at the uh, the belts now. And who who's got the one? I think Ryan could become undis undisputed there at 140. He probably Josh could. Taylor's, Josh I... Taylor's probably the hardest fight, but I think. I don't think he does it. I, I don't know. I, I disagree there. I think if, as long as he doesn't fight Subriel Matias, at least oh, soon. My, yeah. I think in a couple fights, if Ryan improves his defense, that's a more winnable fight. But I, Matias, is Matias right now seems like he's the strongest uh, 140 guy out there at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I've seen I don't think I've seen any of his fights. I must be honest. So. Ananian. You have to watch the Ponce fight, man. Oh yeah. my god. The, oh my goodness, that fight is incredible. Do yourself the favor. Do yeah, yourself I'll the favor. Um, Alright. I think that'll do it for our little boxing chat. So, now that everyone's turned it off, because they didn't want to hear that shit, let's plug <laughs> all of our stuff. Um, you heard me mention, as we were talking about Tank and Ryan, um, B-Sides Boxing is our English boxing podcast, Boxing in Espanol, no shit. Um, Wayside Monthly, I just got my buddy, uh, Shrey, he's back, he's trying to get back into the sport, so he's, he's, uh, coming to write with me. So, um, there'll be his musings on whatever, my musings on whatever, I tried to write about MMA this time, um. I couldn't, I struggled to speak to the technicality of it, so I had to give it more like entertainment factor kind of descriptions, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, on the website, we have uh, our homie Pilot. He's in Discord with us. He has his own uh, show network. Um, the, it's called Ring Gang. You'll see it on the, right on the homepage. And uh, my buddy Ryan, Real Deal Cinema. Always looking to do other shit, though. Definitely trying to get more stuff, more sports, more whatever. All right, fellas. Parting words. Chief, 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 this is where we name the episode, Chief. So just so you know. Oh. <laughs> you gotta uh, don't forget to brush your teeth three times a day. <laughs> I pray to God that. Uh... Cejudo beats Sterling. I really don't like Sterling now thinking about it. Also, we haven't discussed it yet, uh, this episode, but I, I still fucking hate Tyson Fury. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's that's a really common sense. Oh, we, we didn't talk about that, Leo. The potential heavyweight Grand Prix tournament in Saudi. Oh, fuck me, that's right. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, hold on. I'm gonna cut this back in and uh, cut that out back into the like the little boxing talk section. But yeah, uh, Tyson Fury versus Usyk for Undisputed with AJ versus Wilder as the co-main. And so yes. the, the Saudis are offering a 400 million purse to be split. Um, Wait, is that, how is that even on? Stop. Is what? I thought, I thought that Tyson Fury was gonna fight Andy Ruiz in June. Is that, was that fake? I don't know. Yeah, I think because if he was going to fight him in June, where you know the start of May now, surely this would be when you'd have like the fight announcement press conference. Mm-hmm. Like he, they need to start camp soon. I mean, they should. We're have at the end of started. April. Yeah. Yeah, Tyson Fury should be in camp already. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think that was probably fake. I mean, Tyson has been posted like on social media of him like doing workouts and stuff, but you could just be keeping fit. It doesn't necessarily mean he's in camp. But Andy Ruiz is how, gonna need some time to. Be... How could you say no to that? A hundred mil. A hundred mil each. Yeah. Or how two. could any of them say no? I mean, I think AJ Wilder would sign up to that in a heartbeat. I think Usyk would. I think Fury wouldn't, just purely spite, and because, you know, he doesn't want to be, like, a part of something that AJ is winning out of as well. That's, like, the kind of spiteful twat that he is. I think he also would say no because he'd have to do uh, a fourth fight with Wilder, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, like, yeah, the winners have to face off. The final of the Grand Prix, I think, right? imagine if they, uh, you know, sometimes like they do in the, the Olympics and stuff where they'll make the losers fight each other as well for like bronze. AJ's got fake music. Again. Oh no. <laughs> again. Unironically yeah. the worst timeline. Yeah, that yeah, I don't want, I, I wanted I want double upsets now. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to see them fight each other like a dozen times. Like I know everybody loves how like Duran and Marvin Hagler fought like 30 times or whatever it was. That I'm uh, so, not too keen on it. No, we're gonna get AJ versus um, Fury. That's the final way we're gonna get it. Is yeah. AJ beats Wilder and Fury, Fury beats Usyk. We're gonna get it, boys. It's happening. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm not cutting this shit back in. It's back. That's at the end. Um, I'm gonna find something funny that Chief said here, and that's gonna be the title. <laughs> it's gonna be fuck Tyson Fury. That's the title. That yeah. might that <laughs> might be it. I really like Cejudo. I really hate Tyson Fury. <laughs> yeah, that'll do for me. <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna do it for all of us here at the Ultimate Fucking Casual. Uh, stand by for my homegirl to give you all the pertinent information on where you can find us. All right, fellas. Peace. All right, peace. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Oh, sorry for uh, missing the episode again. Unbelievably. <laughs> uh, I thought it was in, uh, unforgivable. Uh, sorry, guys. to be decided next episode. Yeah. Alright, yeah. <laughs> That'll do. Alright, All right. guys.
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed, or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net.